This is episode 38, a dual episode with me and special guest Ariel from Outwoken Teas from the Wisconsin area, and we are going to be talking about organically sourcing tea along with her give back project for trees and growing trees today on Cultivating Guts. Hello, it's Tiffany, and welcome back to Cultivating Guts, a podcast where we discuss gardening, homesteading, gut health, and following your intuition. I'm so excited to be back with you guys. We've had a bunch of insightful moments. We've had some celebrations over the last week. The Little Witches Moon Gardening Club got off to a successful start. Super fun time there. You can catch all that info over on our Instagram channel at I am Tiffany Hinton. And if you're watching this on Spotify or YouTube, hello, hello. We're on video today and it's going to be super fun. So if you want to watch it on video and you never have, you can check out Cultivating Guts over at YouTube or on Spotify for the video edition if you want to see what it looks like while we're recording and all the shenanigans and funny faces we make. Let's see. So recently... I had the opportunity to connect with Ariel from Outwoken Tea because I reached out to Jordan, the editor of Milwaukee National Awakenings Magazine, and I was like, I have this idea for an Earth Day article, right? So if you're going to get an article in a magazine, you have to pitch your article to get it approved. Then you have to write the article. And I was like, I want to do an article called Teas for Trees for Earth Day and around compost and giving, you know, composted teas with different mineral or potassium or different value in the water that you feed the tree to help, you know, fruit trees or big giant oak trees or whatever, right? A way to show Mother Earth some love for Earth Day. And she's like, oh my gosh, have you talked to Ariel who owns Outwoken Tea? And I was like, no, who's that? And so Jordan connected us. So if Jordan, if you're listening to this episode, thank you. And today on the podcast, me and Ariel are going to have a conversation around organic sourcing for tree, how her in- for tea, how her intuition led her to her business, Outwoken Tea, and about their give back project that Outwoken Tea has with planting a tree, which is so cool, tea for trees. And then here's a whole tea company that plants trees when you make a purchase. So I'm excited to dive in today on our episode with Ariel from Outwoken Tea. Before we get started, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Cultivating Guts podcast. This is a favor for myself, but a favor for people that are looking for new podcasts to listen to. Those ratings and the reviews actually help the podcast be found in the search by more people and kind of raises it up just like any other analytical platform. And if you want to send us a screenshot of your of your review to Tiffany at cultivatingguts.com. I will send you our four-day hacking your health gut detox plan. And if you're listening, screenshot your favorite part as well of the podcast. Share it with us over on Instagram at I am Tiffany Hinton. I love reposting and I'm excited to hear what you thought of today's episode. So grateful for you and all of our amazing listeners for helping us grow the podcast and sharing it with more people. And before we head into the show, Here's a quick word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Non-Disclosure Apparel. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you have heard my infomercial for Non-Disclosure Apparel. You know it's my everyday go-to bra, and we have some new, fun, and amazing stuff from Non-Disclosure Apparel. Not only are they in the gift guide, so check out our brand new article in November's Natural Awakenings magazine online or in print, and you'll see an article around non-disclosure apparel. And I sat down and interviewed Becky Connolly, the owner, 
They are also my farming bra, my workout bra, my yoga bra, my clean the house bra, my I just want to sit around and read a book bra. And it's it's just they're comfortable and they hide your nipples and they just fit so perfectly. And so our podcast sponsor today is giving you a free gift of 15% off and the code is Tiffany15. Tiffany15 will get you the 15% off your purchase and you can check out that link below and where to order in our show notes. So thank you, Non-Disclosure Apparel. Welcome back to Cultivating Guts today. Super excited to have Ariel here from Outwoken Tea. As I mentioned in the intro, the tea company is out of Wisconsin, but they service a larger area than just Wisconsin. So Ariel, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes, thank you so much. Yes, my name is Ariel. I am CEO, owner, and founder of Outwoken Tea, where we are changing the world by changing your mind one cup of tea at a time. And um, we are currently a mother and son business located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so small but mighty. That is amazing. So I know when we talked previously before we got on the podcast, you were explaining a little bit about how your son kind of manages some of the local shows or the local farmers markets yeah how, how did that all like come about for you to be a mother-son business that just sounds oh, amazing um it kind of happened organically like oh goodness crazy to think about you know how a journeyman has an apprentice and then they really just take the apprentice underneath their wing and show them how things are done and they learn and then eventually they're like ready to fly on their own so uh, since day one i couldn't do it by myself so my son had to help me like there was no choice <laughs> so our very first farmer's market was in west alice and i had no idea how to set up my tent my table nothing my son is taller than me i'm five foot two on a good day and my son's almost six feet tall. So, uh, so the labor. <laughs> so, yeah, he definitely helped me out a lot. And then um, during that time frame, we were actually serving cups of tea versus the pouches of tea. That's how we first started out. Um, and he was the barista. So when people would say they want a green tea or they want this tea, He'd pour the hot water. He'd put the tea in there. If they asked for oat milk or honey, he would add it. He'd stir it. And then we had a little side table where he would put the finished product and he'd get tips. <laughs> so just like a barista bar. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So like my son was a mad skilled barista out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. I love how you mentioned kind of like that apprentice, that journeyman, right? Because what I love about it is you're teaching your kids entrepreneurship. Yes. And that is unique. A lot of children don't grow up with that opportunity. Yes. It's amazing. You know, I, I was just, it's ironic you bring this up because I was just talking to my son about this. Um, when I was growing up, I never even heard the word entrepreneur. I had no idea what an entrepreneur was like. Even as I started my business, like I still didn't call myself an entrepreneur. I just called myself a business owner. 
And then eventually, like, as I started to go down this path, I was like, wow, I, I really am an entrepreneur. And then I started learning more about entrepreneurship and um, it just naturally, like, I walked in those footsteps, not even knowing that's what an entrepreneur was. So mm. for my son to get firsthand exposure and learn with me side by side every day on the good days, the rainy days, the days where nobody shows up. It was like he saw it up close and in person and knows like this is what comes with it, you know? So I'm, yeah. I'm really thankful that I get to share this with him. That is amazing. I was in the car yesterday with my children and another child and we were, I don't know what, oh, we were going to the ATM to get cash and my daughter said, mom is I thought it was going to be a write-off. And and so she's very familiar with taxes and how businesses work. And she's like, so if it's a write-off, you need to use your business card. And the other child that was with us is like, what do you mean a write-off? How do you write things off? And so my sixth grader starts explaining like business taxes and how you write things off and how you have to have right. business insurance. And I'm like, at the time, I'm like, oh my God, this other kid probably doesn't want to listen to any of this stuff. But at the same time, like talking to you today, it's kind of like a little pride moment. Like my sixth yeah. grader probably knows a little bit more about taxes than some other sixth graders. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think that's beautiful because um, it's like we're actually preparing them for their own journey. And yeah. They won't feel so scared when they start to walk in those footsteps because, and I'm not saying it's bad to work a nine to five. I'm not, not knocking anyone for doing that. But when you really walk in your own fulfillment and your own purpose, you're going to be an entrepreneur. You're, yeah. you're going, you're going to do it. Yeah. That passion, that passion drives you. It's an, an intrinsic motivator. It's like, and and as much as I have a nine to five and many people that listen to the podcast know that and it's like, but I still have to have a side business. And they're always, I always get the comment like, why? And I'm like, because that's where my love is. Yeah. It's not yeah. that I hate my day job. It's just, I love what I do on the weekends. I love the podcast. I love that I get to speak about anything I want to and interview anybody. It's just, it's fun. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How did Outwoken Tea tell us the like the story of the startup and how did you decide that you were going to get your soul kind of filled up from producing tea for people? Goodness. Well, um, I don't know if your listeners that may know or may not know from your introduction, but I am a heavy machine operator. So <laughs> I am a construction worker. I may not look like a construction worker, but I am a heavy machine operator for Local 139. And before that, I was a laborer for Local 113. So I've done a lot of physically hard work and um, mentally demanding work. And recently, from climbing that ladder from being a laborer to an operator, I got to see the different perspectives. So I realized from a labor from knocking the building down to the operator who gets to deliver the waste to the landfill, I get to see its final stage. And one day I had an awful, it was actually my first day ever at the landfill with a load 
um, a whole trailer full of brand new stuff. It wasn't mm -hmm. even it was brand new and it was from a hospital and my truck got stuck in the landfill because it was raining and um, I stepped out and I like was almost knee deep in garbage because it was raining and then the wind was like it was like a crazy movie scene but I was the main character <laughs> in your wake up moment right yeah and the wind like this huge plastic pouch just smacked me across my face then the birds were like swarming above my head it was it was just like a nightmare for a moment and I I was crying I was like oh my god and it's just awful and from that moment going forward, I was like, whatever I do, it's got to do something better for the world. Like we cannot keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, I was driven. Like we got to find a way to have a brand that's not just for the people, but for the environment. Cause we coexist. If it's not good for the environment, it's not good for the people. And if it's not good for the people, it's not good for the environment. So I just, um, I just had an awful moment that woke me up to the bigger picture. And that was truly my inspiration to make a difference. I mean, I've always wanted to open my own business. But that was like, the driver like, oh, you got to go. You have to do something. <laughs> and you have kids. I have kids. Everyone has kids, you know. Um, and I think we all want what's best for our kids. Mm -hmm. We all want them to be able to see the animals in real life. We don't want to say, oh, this is this animal in a magazine because it's extinct, you know. We, we want our kids to be able to walk outside and not see a gray cloud above their head. You know, we, we all, I think, inside of us want what's best for our kid. And I felt that I would feel horrible if I knew I could do something and I did nothing. Mm. So that was my, like, drive because I already knew the effects of the air pollution and what it had on my son when I was pregnant, which is why he came out with um, something very similar to asthma. Mm -hmm. And they said they believed the biggest cause was where I was living, which was the mm -hmm. inner city with a lot of pollution. And they said, when you look at the numbers, the kids who live in certain zip codes, they all have breathing problems. And it's because of our pollution. Yeah. So... I just know how our environment affects us directly. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so I can relate um the whole gut business and wanting to, you know, control the soil and make sure that it's got the minerals and what it needs for the the garden because of my kids own gut health and yeah, can so relate. Um okay, so looking at my little notes from last time we talked. Okay. So one of the things I think that I didn't bring up in the intro, but I think is very interesting because it speaks to somebody that is kind of like a survivor, not really, but like I'm going to persevere, right? Your business launched the day we went into shutdown. Yes. My goodness. <laughs> and that for a lot of people, they probably would have said, all right, I give up. 
<laughs> you know, like I'm done. I tried, but you didn't give up. And and I think there's more to that story there, Ariel, for you to share with us around like your gut, your intuition, maybe some gumption. Like, what yeah. made you keep going? Well, like you said, my my original launch date was the date that they announced the shutdowns, and um, I was actually attending a huge event. And I don't watch TV, so I had no idea that they announced that. And I went to this huge event that was um, with AT&T and some other big brands. And they had all their big speakers there. And I show up, and it's only like a handful of people. And it was supposed to be hundreds of people. And I'm thinking to myself, like, where the hell did everyone go? Like, I know I'm not the only one that bought tickets to this. Right. And then... One of the guest speaker goes, you know, we want to thank you guys for still showing up. The ones that you do uh, with the with the announcement last night, we thank you and we appreciate. And so I instead, what announcement? And they go, you didn't hear? I said, no, what announcement? And that's when they're like, they announced mandatory shutdowns and no gatherings bigger than this number. And I was like, what? What the heck are you serious? <laughs> anyway, though. Um, I took my business was a B2B and I had to, for people who don't know what it is, business to business. So I mainly was designed to work with like grocery stores and businesses versus people. So I had to take my design that took me a year and re-crunch the numbers, redo the, the paperwork in three months and open back up on June 1st to make it so people can purchase on the website because my website was not designed for general public. Yeah. I had no intentions on working directly with people. I was actually working on contracts with the airport schools, like bigger contracts. So I had to completely pivot and redesign my business and re-crunch the numbers. But Trust me, the the very next day um, after I left that business meeting, I got so many emails from people saying that they had to cancel our contract because it was an uncertain time and they could not take on any new vendors um, not knowing what was <laughs> going to come. So everything that I had planned and laid out and money that I just knew was coming, it was gone, like just gone from hard work, months of work, you know, just gone. Yeah. So, but when I opened that email, my son was sitting there. Mm. So I had two decisions either I break down and I quit, or I show him that no matter what, you keep going. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do both. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the B2B, but keep yeah. going. <laughs> and break down, mess up my office, do all of that stuff. Yeah. My face. But I kept going because I knew that I had to set an example for my son that when stuff gets hard, you don't quit. You keep going. And he was truly my push because – he was right there watching it happen. You know, I was like, mom, what do we do now? He was learning right along with you on this journey. Right. So yeah. I had to show him that 
you got to keep going no matter the odds are against you. Even if you're a small, you know, little shrimp in the ocean, you got to keep going. And that's what I did. And I had no idea if I was going to make it. Like, I just opened the doors. I had no idea. Yeah. And all, all I had was my gut. And my gut told me, you keep going because you're going to make a difference. And people need to see it. So... My advisor is always my gut. I love it. It's always, yeah, I can relate. It's it, it's that gut feel. It's not what your brain says. It's that emotional gut feel that you feel. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's, it's, it's never led me wrong so far. <laughs> That's awesome. So then you launched June 1st, 2020, yep. B2C, so business to consumer. Yep. Okay. And, um. Uh, the website had, I was working with an a, a agency at the time and um, the website wasn't a hundred percent high. Well, I invested over 15 K. I took out oh a small business loan through Wibbic, which I love Wibbic. Thank you. Oh, thanks. So thankful for them working with me. Um, and I took all of that and I put it in the business. I put it in the branding, the website, Everything, my logo, everything gone. Not even in product, not even in inventory. Just, mm, the- just getting the the like yeah. the structure that you need, yeah, to operate. Exactly. And the intellectual property, all of that. Um, and then I was I was working even more in construction at that time. So I was taking my money from my job and I was paying off the loan because the business didn't even have a product to sell. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about taking risks. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take risks like hardcore. I was 10 toes in. and um, But you know what? I think sometimes that's the best way to do it because if we tiptoe or – we step in one foot and one foot out. We'll never a hundred percent know our potential. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes it's best to dive in and see what you can do. Get your hands dirty, because at the end of the day, it's all risky. It's risky working a nine to five because any day they can call you and say they don't need you anymore. Yep. Any day. So what I learned is if I'm going to risk it, at least I'm going to risk it on myself. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Let's dive into the product because <laughs> you make an amazing tea. Thank and you. I want you to, yeah, explain to the listeners a little bit about about why you do certain things for your sourcing and and kind of why your brand has this. It's pride. I mean, you make a great tea that really is ethically sourced, and there's sustainability built into your product line. Can you, Ariel, kind of walk us through, like, yeah. if somebody were to get a new tea, like, what is behind that? Yeah, so, oh, goodness, I may have taken the hardest route on this, but the most rewarding at the end of it all. So, you know, if you're buying tea or you go to, like, your local co-op, you can always buy, like, a pound real easily of some USDA organic tea. Anyone can, right? And... You can go to pick and save anywhere and buy some cheap tea and and call it a day. But um, I wanted to take things a little bit further. I wanted to make sure that 
not only was the tea ethically sourced, it was supporting families. So I've worked with the Rainforest Alliance program with some of my um, tea partners. And I know that like I'm directly supporting a family versus um, buying something that just says USDA organic. I have no idea where it's coming from. I have no idea if there was child labor involved. Mm -hmm. I have no idea when it was picked or how. I have no, no transparency on where this raw good came from and who it affected and if it affected them negative or positive. Like, I don't know. And I know me, I want to know that when I'm purchasing something, like, where did this come from? Who did this support? And was this grown ethically and sustainably? Like, what what happened, you know? Um, and I think a lot of people would like that as well, too. But I don't think they asked for it. And I don't think that they know that there are brands that do this mm -hmm. because it's not as common, you know? So this is why... Um, of course, my tea does cost more, but because it's coming from either Rainforest Alliance certified programs or working with small shareholders that have even down to one acre of land, like they're small, and this is how they live, this is how they put food on the table, and I don't negotiate with them with prices. Like they say, this is what it is, and that's what it is, you know? Yeah. Because you know, like you just said, you're supporting their family through your purchase. You're supporting their farm. Exactly. Yeah. And they provide me transparency. Um, even the Rainforest Alliance, in order for you to even work with them, you have to coexist in the environment. You can't do anything to the environment. So you're going to get the purest of the purest. You're not going to get tea that was grown on flat land sprayed with a thousand pesticides and made for mass production you're getting high quality tea from good soil because it's on protected land so it, it's it's crazy how the soil like you were talking about changes the overall end product like mm -hmm. we, could, we could compare the same cup of green tea to the tea that was grown on flatland with the pesticides and compare the health benefits. You can't even compare. Right. It's, it's completely different. Um, and the fact that most of these farmers, they're not huge farmers. They're not um, a huge corporate that's using these certifications the wrong way. And most mm. of these small farmers they are organic, like they farm organically, they farm sustainably, they're not using manure, they're not using pesticides, but they can't afford the organic certification. Because most of the time, the organic certification is anywhere between fifteen to $20,000. Mm. And that's yeah. not even the cost of the process for them to, that's just to get the, the end certificate. Mm -hmm. Most people that have this certification, they're huge farmers that are taking advance of it and they're not paying their workers fair. They're not making sure that wages meet demand and they're not double checking if there was child labor or not. So Sad, but yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. So 
And I'm saying this because so many people are hung up on that organic certification. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there are so many farmers out there that probably farm better than organic and sustainable, but they can't afford the certification. It's it's always interesting to me too, because prior to starting the podcast, I worked for 10 years in the gluten-free world on different certifications when it came to gluten-free or organic or kosher and all and learning about the inside pieces of that was very very interesting because organic depending on the nation or on which country is certifying the organic has different list of approved chemicals and yeah. so USDA organic is not up to par with the EU organic and 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 then so there's these and so like you're you're spot on Ariel it's it's really about knowing who are you sourcing it from who is that small farmer? How are they treating their land? How are they growing their product? How are they doing their cultivating? And not necessarily what is the label that they put on the item if you actually get to know them. Exactly. And yeah. I just know so many people are trying to find the one label to justify themselves, yeah. make themselves so good. And unfortunately, now we have to do a lot more research than just looking at that one label. Yep. And I'm going to say something, and like I hope it sinks in with people. Soil is not renewable in our lifetime. It's the truth. Like it, it is not renewable. We go through soil faster than it can replenish and get all the minerals and nutrients back in order to produce us actual nutrient dense crops yeah yeah our homestead uh last year i was like how yeah last year i switched to no-till we don't till anymore we compost um and then we we just added our own composter like bins in the back this year and we're constantly feeding right now i have chickens running around the whole garden and some of my neighbors are like they're eating everything i'm like well the season's kind of over because I want the chicken poop. I want the nitrogen, nitrogen back in the soil. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're not, like you're saying, if you're not continually dumping this, uh, what you need in the soil, it's stripped. And a lot of it, we did another show with a biodynamic person and it's a monoculture. And so they've stripped the soil already, not including erosion. Exactly. And so it makes a huge difference, huge difference exactly. when you just contribute back and back and back to the soil. Exactly. It's, it's, it's overall, like, I truly believe that our life starts with the soil and ends with the soil. Yeah. And I think the lack of understanding that we have about that, um, it definitely needs to be more awareness because there is a war right now with the soil and our seeds and our food. And once people control the seeds, they control the people. Mm hmm. Yep. So I think I think we need to start bringing up the next generation to just love the environment, love the soil, want to do better for it, so their kids can have actual food. Yeah, I love that. Um, my kids are learning how to save seeds. They've they've watched me do it for years, and even yeah. yesterday, one of them was carving a little miniature gourd we'd picked up at a farmer's market, and she's like, "Do you want these seeds?" I was like, yes. <laughs> do you want to eat them or do you want to grow them? And she's like, I want to grow them. I was like, you might have 200 of these little gourds by the amount of seeds you've saved in this bag. 
but we'll see what happens next year. <laughs> right, right. And I, I'm, I'm very picky so. with the seeds that I save. Like, I won't save just any seeds, especially yeah. if I don't know where it came from. I that do makes not sense. Seeds of anything that's GMO. <laughs> mm-hmm. Makes complete uh, sense. Yeah, we do a lot of seed saving from our own produce in our own yard every year. And that's amazing. I have a string of paper bags um, that we went out right before the last frost and gathered a bunch of stuff up and put it in for next year. And amazing. it's fun. And like our tomato seeds, every year we resave and then plant again and again. So it's awesome. I would love to also know a little bit more about your trees because when people buy tea, trees get planted. And I think that's really, really cool for the environment, for Mother Earth. And that com- and, and also, um, Ariel, when you're talking about that, can you go into a little bit about how people can also find your teas? Yes, yes. So – I, par- I I actually have another partnership that um, I won't say yet, but it's amazing. But I partnered with One Tree Planted, and I um, partnered with them to make sure that every single purchase plants one tree. So we take a percentage of the sale. We donate it to One Tree Planted every quarter, and they take that and they plant trees. Um so recently we've been planting a lot of trees in Africa and um, believe, believe it or not, but even Jeff Bezos, he has an earth fund project mm-hmm. and he pledged a million on the project. Um, so what the whole goal is, is to rebuild the canopy that's going across the Sahara desert and mm. try to it from spreading any further into Africa. Ah, that's so amazing. We're trying to rebuild the line across it completely and have some new canopy and just a whole nother system to rebuild and stop the desert before it completely takes over. Wow. So that's been um, donating to that's where we've been planting the trees. Um, but no, we, we truly plant them wherever we feel it's most needed. So we did some in California during the wildfire, Australia during the wildfire. We did some in Mexico, like wherever we feel it's most needed, that's where we put it. Okay. So it's not just, um, oh, we're in the USA. So we only plant USA, like. No, mm-hmm. whatever we feel it's most needed. And um, I honestly feel that's the best way that we can ever give back because any tree that you're not going to sit under and you knowingly know it's going to give back is the best thing that I feel you can do. It also goes back to kind of what you were saying in the beginning of the podcast. It, it gives to the children and the children's children because the tree is – last hundreds of years if they're well maintained yes yeah that's awesome i have one last question um how do you cultivate guts every day in your own life so i am vegan myself i don't know are you vegan or you're not vegan? no i i sometimes am i am a (laughs) (laughs) on again off again i was raised by a cattle farmer it's really hard to like got you got you (laughs) So I am vegan. Um, 
I was vegan first just for my health. And then as time went on, then I was vegan for the environment as well uh, to reduce my carbon footprint and everything um, from what I eat. Um, but for me, what I do is I start my day off with raw fruits. So every morning I make everyone a coconut bowl smoothie. So we have the actual coconut bowls and I make a smoothies from papaya, banana, strawberries, berries, whatever is like nice. and then I add some dried mushrooms to it and, um, some ACI powder and, um, some nuts on top and that's how we start our day and then for lunch i may have like some overnight soaked oats with a lot of chia seeds and flax seeds to get the fiber for my gut and then now since it's squash season i had um, made a butternut squash soup and i topped that with some pumpkin seeds some raw pumpkin seeds and i'll have um i love this water i i'm not promoting them <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Valley, they have all of the minerals. They have potassium, potassium. They are full of minerals. So I drink spring water. Okay. I love it. So as a vegan, that is what I eat on a regular day um, most days. But I do have like my weekends where I'll have like, you know, my my fudgy vegan brownie. (laughs) The sweets, of course. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I'm human, but most days that is what I eat as a vegan. I love it. So if anybody is listening to the podcast, the cat has woken up from his nap. Yes. And side note, our cat will chooses to use a litter box. So at some point I'll let him out the back sliding door. Um, and he will meow like he thinks he's a dog uh, to go outside <laughs> to go to the bathroom. Um, so how can people find Outwoken Tea? Where can they find you? Where can they purchase tea? Oh, yes, yes. So it's outwokentea.com. So the word out, so O-U-T, then woken, W-O-K-E-N, and then T, T-E-A dot com. Or you can go to my Instagram, which is just at Outwoken Tea, and I have a catalog on there that you can shop directly on the platform. And yeah, it's where you can find me. That is amazing. So we will put all those that information in the show notes down below. We'll put a link so you can go out and purchase some Outlook and Tea, support those tea farmers and their families and plant a tree. That is Yay. just so cool. Um, thank you again for being on the podcast. Really enjoyed this. Love the conversation. Learn so much. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I feel like we definitely have a lot in common. And, you know, I look forward to our next podcast. It'll be fun. Yes. Lots yes. to share with the world. Yes. So fun. Awesome. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share with me your favorite part. And if you caught the scene where the cat was walking across the desk and I had to mute the podcast, uh, let me know if you have any questions. and anything like topics you might want to have on the podcast in the future. Love to hear what you might want to hear about and who we might need to interview so you can learn more about that specific topic. Satnam, love you guys. 
So if you love this episode, remember to share it with your friends, send it to anyone who would love this inspiration and information that we shared today about Outlook and Tea from Ariel. And to get our newest book, The Ultimate Green Witch Gardening Planner, which makes a perfect holiday gift for your gardening gurus, your gardening friends, and your novice gardeners, you can visit Amazon or our website, www.cultivatingguts.com. And to learn more about our live nature school, The Little Witches Moon Gardening Club for Kids, in the Chicago area, which meets once a month on my homestead. Our next meeting is November 13th. It's a Sunday afternoon. You can visit www.cultivatingguts.com for all the details there. And you'll also find everything you need to get started with gardening, including our gardening masterclass and so much more.